Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts, your daily dose of quick hit handicapping. I am not your host, Alex Christensen, as you can see. Noobs is off today, so I am producer Dan filling in, and Andy not here because it's Tuesday, which means it's Tuesday with Matt. Matt Rooney, Matt, how are you doing? So does this make me more the Andy and then you're the Alex because you did the intro? And I'm well, no, more... it, makes, it makes me more the Alex and you the Matt because it's Tuesday with Matt. So. That's true. Okay, you're I just wanted to make sure I wasn't... Matt. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't Andy here. That, gotcha. that makes me yeah, happy. If it, was, if it was Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, yes, you would unfortunately be Andy. But uh, you are, you're just Andy. Matt today. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's. I guess we can go ahead and launch into everything that we wanted to talk about. Uh, neither of us huge NBA guys. However, the Eastern Conference Finals get underway tonight in Miami with the Celtics and the Heat. There you can see Boston is a slight underdog on the road, even though they are the favorites to win the series. Uh, and over under uh, 204 is the total there. What thoughts do you have, if any, on this game, this series, as we look at two teams who played in the bubble Eastern Conference Finals two years ago? I got to be honest with you. I have no idea what's going to happen in this series. And, like, the best way, like, I, there, there's not really a – scenario that if it played out i would be totally shocked by like i think if if the heat maybe go out and swept boston or one four to one that would probably be pretty surprising but also like the way they're playing and the way they've been playing the last few years with jimmy butler and then probably having the best coach in basketball with spo like nothing really surprises me there but like i don't know boston just seems to be clicking on all cylinders they seem to be the deeper team i mean you're getting Grant Williams or whoever that was with the the seven three pointers in Game Seven, like they're getting contributions from everywhere. They're so deep, and if Jason Tatum plays like the star, they should be the winners of that series. But like on paper, Miami shouldn't have been the one seed either. They shouldn't have probably beaten Philly, but they just kind of keep winning and keep playing good basketball. So I don't really know what's going to happen. But like this seems like Boston series. It seems like Milwaukee was the tougher matchup, and they got by that one. Yeah, it's interesting to me because I think you look at three of the four teams in the conference finals right now, and one of the narratives that I've seen kind of developing is like maybe the era of the super team is over. And I think you look at these two teams in particular and the Mavericks as well as teams who have one superstar player and then a bunch of role players, and you never know which night who's going to step up. You mentioned Grant Williams. Uh, for Boston, Al Horford had an insane game. You'd like to think that Jalen Brown at some point is going to be a guy who can can help carry the load next to Jason Tatum. But yeah, you have Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, and then a whole host of depth on both rosters. Uh, Bam Adebayo absolutely dominated the Celtics in the bubble two years ago, but Boston's in much better position to defend him in this series, particularly if if uh, the Time Lords. Uh, knee is is going to hold up. Uh, he is expected to play. Uh, they, there are no restrictions, but nobody knows how much he's going to play. And if Robert Williams' knee holds up, that really is going to be a boost for the Celtics. But like you said, yeah, it's really hard to figure what to expect in this series when both teams are going to be counting on unheralded guys to step up. It feels like to me, this kind of almost feels a little must-win-ish for Miami tonight. Because if they lose game one at home, then they're going to be fighting an uphill battle. And I think the pressure is just on them so much the first couple of games in this series to try to hold serve. Because if they don't, they're going to go to Boston trailing. So uh, Zane in the chat says Boston in six. And, and as much as I'm not a Celtics fan, 
that's kind of what my instinct was. I didn't love any of the series prices. I think it's like plus 250 or something like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, at that point, you're just kind of picking and choosing. So I stayed away from it. Uh, I think we're going to see some unders in this series because if Jimmy Butler's not scoring for the heat, uh, it might it might be a problem. Yeah. Darren Summer in the chat says Adebayo and, and Hero assist props two and a half over. They will eat. I'm assuming that means uh, both of them uh, uh, individually at two and a half, not uh, <laughs> not uh, combined. But yeah, yeah. so I, I love that look too. Like guys are going to have to step up and 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 make some shots. And and those two guys are probably the second and third best options on this Heat team. So that's kind of where I'm sitting with this. Uh, I'm I'm with you. Just did. That was a good point. The, these for this first game and especially, but both games one and two at home seem very, very important to the Heat because I think if they go back to Boston, tied one one or God forbid down o two, like they're pretty dead. I, I think they really need to go out and especially this one, grab game one, set a little bit of a tone. Otherwise, I think it's kind of Boston series to lose. Patrick's giving me shit in the chat. As much as I'm not a Celtics fan, Dan dressed in matching green and black hat and shirt. Uh, Patrick, like they're Betsburt's colors. That is Betsburt's colors. I'm now. a company man, if nothing else. Not a Celtics fan, not a Boston sports fan. Um, but if there's a good opportunity to bet it, I will. Uh, but moving on to things that you and I are more well-versed in, at least you are in this aspect. The NHL second round gets underway. You are you were on a heater this weekend, cashing oh, bets left and right. If you follow Matt on Betsburt's, which you should, what is your uh, Betsburt's? Uh, Matt underscore Rooney. Matt underscore Rooney. He posts his picks there. You can follow him on Twitter, uh, mrooney23, so that way you can see what he is betting for hockey. And uh, you have a couple of looks for tonight and some series uh, bets. So I'm just going to throw these up, and you just take them through. Go for it. it. I can through. talk through it. Uh, I, I also I didn't put it up here because I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. But I put I yesterday put in a, an exact series parlay. I think it was Calgary four to two, Colorado four to two. Florida four to two. And what's the other series that I'm missing? Why am I missing on the other one? Um, who's the other Colorado, Calgary, Kings. Florida. Why am I blanking on the other? Colorado, series? Oh, uh, Carolina, Carolina four to two. Um, that's going to pay. It was like plus 70,000. So I'm really hoping that one hits for me and then maybe I can take a year off, but we'll see. <laughs> um, but no, I'll start with uh, tonight's bets. We have the uh, flames Panthers, and lightning in the battle of Florida. And I know it's like kind of funny to think that like one of the best rivalries in hockey right now is, is two teams in the state of Florida. And I'm not saying the most intense rivalry or like the most historic by any means, but in terms of just like actually good teams that are rivals playing against each other, the lightning and the Panthers are as good of a rivalry as there is in hockey right now. Um, they played last year in the playoffs, Tampa won in a good back and forth series in, in six games. I like tonight. Uh, I like Carter Verhage to get to uh, go over half a goal. Um, I didn't really want to touch the game because I'm not really sure whose game ones are hard to predict in, in series and feeling out process. Granted, they're two teams that know each other well, but game ones are hard to predict and they're not usually that indicative of what's going to happen in the series. But Carter Verhage was the best player on the ice for Florida. He was the best player on the ice in that entire series against Washington. And he's kind of the steady hand on a young team that hasn't really won. And it's hard to say, it's rough to say that about a guy that's only in his third year in the league, but he won a cup with Tampa. He was on Florida last year. So he's a guy that's kind of been there before. He was their steady hand when there was some adversity and he had six goals, six assists in that, uh, that round one series. He was dominant 12 points. So I'm going to take it plus 230, uh, his over goals total, because I think he's going to be a little bit of a tone setter for them tonight. 
and the Avalanche minus one and a half. Uh, I have I've suckered into betting them the last two years big in their series prices, the, the ones they've lost, and I, I got you know bit for that. But I just I feel like this team is different. I feel like this team has kind of been there before. Nazem Kadri hasn't been suspended yet, so hopefully that doesn't happen for me. Uh, and I think the Blues are good. They impressed me, but I think both teams have had some time off here. I was a little bit worried about Colorado having a week off, but it's not like St. Louis has played in the last couple of days either. And I think at home in game one, the Avalanche kind of come out on fire. I don't think they're a team that's going to struggle from being away for too long. I think it's just going to make them fresher and faster. And I think on the road when at the when Colorado is picking their matchups, I think Colorado is going to have the, the clear advantage there. Hence why it's only plus 110 to get a minus one and a half. So I'm going to take that. Uh, series prices, Calgary plus 112 at minus one and a half. You, Dan, you watched some of that ser- that uh, the Calgary-Dallas series. Jake Ottinger is the reason that went to seven. Jake Ottinger is the reason that went to six. Jake Ottinger is probably the reason that one went to five. He was that dominant. He was that good. And he the, the fact that they were in game seven being outshots like 60 to 20 uh, shows you just how important he was to them. As good as Connor McDavid is, as good as he was in that first series against L.A., um, they don't have Jake Ottinger. He's not walking through that door for Edmonton. They have a 40-year-old Mike Smith who has been kind of a disaster in the playoffs the last few years. The whole Oilers situation in goal has been a disaster the last few years. They don't really have the defense that Dallas had. And I, I think Connor McDavid is – I know Connor McDavid is good enough to steal a couple games here, but I just think the way, the way Calgary played – against Dallas. I think if they play that way against Edmonton, this is going to be a easy, not easy, but it's going to be a series win for Calgary because I just don't think that Edmonton's going to be able to keep the puck out of the net the way that Dallas did. Uh, so plus 112, Battle of Alberta, give me Calgary. Uh, I'm also going to go four to minus one and a half and plus 140. Do some shopping here. I think I found this one on Caesars at plus 140, but like DraftKings only had it at plus 120. I think FanDuel is like plus 135. So make sure you do some looking around for these prices because you can definitely get some value on these serious futures. But um, I like Florida to finally get over that that Tampa Bay hump. I, Tampa was was good in round one against Toronto, but like Toronto was kind of the better team throughout that series. Tampa won because Vasilevsky stood on his head at times and they kind of just had that veteran will and Toronto did Toronto things, which is choking in the playoffs and dropping two straight. Like they dominated game six and seven and didn't win either of them. I think Florida finally kind of got over that first round hump, beating Washington, beat, you know, facing adversity against the playoff proven team in the Capitals. They came back, they won. Uh, I think this is their kind of their year. Like I've been on them. I've been on them all year. I think this is their year to make a deep run. And I think this is the year that they, they finally are able to get by Tampa just because I think Tampa's got tired legs from two straight years of cup runs. I don't think Tampa's as good of a team as they've been in the past. Granted, they're still a very good team and they, they win the series. and won't be shocked. Uh, but at plus 140, I think Florida now, they kind of finally got over that first round hump. The ball's going to kind of roll for them and they can get by their rivals here. And then uh, going back to Carter Verhage, leading goal scorer, plus 12, or leading scorer, plus 1,200. Um, I just thought the, the value was really good here after a six-goal performance in, in the first series. You look at some of the bigger names, there's not a whole lot of value. I think going for one of these kind of second-tier guys, even though he put up first-tier player-type numbers, uh, going up against his old team, being the kind of veteran in that Florida locker room with Claude Giroux, uh, I like him at plus 1,200. I think those are pretty good odds for him to be the leading scorer in that series. A lot of bets. A lot of bets. Didn't score in that series, not in this round or anything like that. It's just specific. No, just that series. Gotcha. Yeah. I think those are only on FanDuel. That's the only place I've seen that prop, but keep an eye out. Maybe some more will open up later. 
Yeah, go to our sponsor FanDuel and uh and, and make that. Patrick, uh other Patrick, I don't want to call him other Patrick. I think it's Patrick P, if I'm not mistaken. Uh says the Avs are set up nicely to advance to the cup. Oilers Flames winner will beat the shit out of each other. I think they like the everything that I've kind of seen seems to indicate that they are significantly better than the Blues. And I, I you know, the Battle of Alberta, you talk about good rivalries, like people may not know, at least in this country, I'd mm-hmm. imagine there's gonna be a lot of pride in that series and i oh yeah i don't hate that look at all Uh, i think that's going to be it's it's going to be a very physical series it always is and yeah you like the the rivalries even the canadian rivalries that get all the the you know promotion here or leafs canadians but because they play in you know western canada kind of in the middle of nowhere people don't always realize how big of a rivalry how much those two teams fan bases hate each other so that one's going to be physical it's going to be a lot of fun and I think that's a good point. Whoever the the Avs are very likely to get by the Blues. I won't that, never say never because the Blues have a cup winning goalie and a cup winning team in net right now, and that they could get by for sure. But if the Avs get by, like it, those two teams are going to beat each other up. And I also just think the Avs are better than the Flames and and especially the Oilers. Yeah, I have some Flames to win the West at like not like maybe like plus one fifteen or something like mm-hmm. that. Not crazy odds, but. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like they are pretty head and shoulders above everyone else. And and after just taking care of it, like if they just keep taking care of business each round, like the the stigma with them not being able to kind of win, kind of coming up short in the playoffs, I think it's going to just keep eroding as yeah. we move forward. Um, speaking of uh, moving forward, we're going to go across the pond for some soccer because it wouldn't be a show with me here if I wasn't going to give you soccer. And I'm not going to just give you some Premier League. We're going to go to the English Championship for our first bet there. The English promotion playoff going on right now. If you're unfamiliar, the English Championship is the second division. It's like a 46-game rock fight uh, with dreams of making it to the Premier League next year. The top two teams automatically get promoted. That was Fulham and Bournemouth, who you're probably familiar with. The teams three through seven go to a playoff where it is a two-leg semifinal home and away on aggregate. And then the final is at Wembley Stadium, a one-off, the richest game in football, one of my favorite sporting events of the year just because of how nervy it is. Uh, Huddersfield Town advanced with a late winner against Luton Town yesterday. And today you have Nottingham Forest hosting Sheffield United. Nottingham, they won the first leg on the road two to one. So I like them to win at plus 135. Now, obviously, this is in regulation because it's in, in 90 minutes. This could end up going to extra time, penalty kicks, all of that. And they get through with a draw, and I understand that. But I don't think you want to leave anything to chance in a situation where you're at home playing for a draw. If this had been, if the situation had been flipped and Nottingham had, uh, if this had, had won at home and were going on the road, maybe they'd play a little bit more defensively. But they have seven straight wins at home. They have 10, they're unbeaten in their last 10 games at home. They only lost twice at home in their last 18 matches, one of which was to Huddersfield and the other was to Fulham, who was an absolute wagon this year. Uh, they scored a Fulham scored over a hundred goals and they had a plus 28 goal differential over Bournemouth who was second. So losing to them is not, uh, is, is no, uh, nothing to be ashamed of. And then my other one, a big, big, big premier league game today, Liverpool four points back of Manchester city in, in the premier league title race. Uh, the final day of the season is on Sunday. So, uh, Liverpool does have the game in hand today uh, on the road at Southampton, but, uh, they're, like I said, four points back of City. So if they draw today, they could still conceivably win the league, but would have to make up a pretty big goal differential edge. And if they lose, Manchester City is your champion at the Premier League. Uh, 
this is an interesting game because Liverpool, they played a 120-minute penalty kick, just thriller. Even though it was 0-0, it was a great game against Chelsea on Sunday. A lot of emotion went into that in the FA Cup final. Uh, Mo Salah picked up an injury. Virgil van Dijk picked up an injury. Nothing serious, but they're going to sit them out today because obviously Liverpool, they they have dreams of winning the Champions League as well. But it's Liverpool. There's going to be some squad rotation in this game. Uh, they might be a little bit, uh, there might be some heavy legs for some of the guys who are playing. They're playing at Southampton, a team who's lost seven of 10. Basically, Southampton secured their place in the Premier League next year. They knew they had no chance of making it to even like the Europa League or the Conference League. So they just pieced out and they've been kind of in vacation mode. So they've lost seven of 10. However, they're a weird team in that they've played pretty well at times against the good teams this year. Their only win in their last 10 was against Arsenal jokes aside i mean fifth place in the league they drew manchester city both times they got four points against tottenham so their coach ralph hazenhoodle said that this is their champions league final i don't know if that's going to really matter all that much liverpool has got to win this game and i think just because they're missing their leader on defense they might give up one but on FanDuel, you can get liverpool to win either 2-1 3-1 or 4-1 it's not a parlay or anything like that it's literally just one bet at plus 260 they might end up just shutting Southampton out. Southampton is kind of prone at times to getting the shit kicked out of them. They lost 6 nothing to Chelsea uh, earlier this year. They also had a uh, a really bad, a 9 nothing loss last year at one point. So, like, when things go bad for them, it, it goes really bad. But I think some heavy legs for Liverpool gives them at least a chance to score one. But I would expect Liverpool to take uh, to take this game pretty handily. I, maybe 2-1 could happen if it's just kind of a little bit cagey. But 3-1, 4-1, it gives you a little bit built in there at plus 260. And uh, yes, Patrick McCann brings up the point. Uh, Nottingham, one of the most historic clubs uh, in Europe in, or in England, they were a dominant team in the late 70s, early 80s. Their rivalry with Liverpool was magnificent and then they kind of fell off the earth haven't been in the premier league since 1999 so a win today or at least a draw and they are one win away from returning to the premier league uh but let's head back over to this side of did the you pod. say the manager's name is ralph hazenhoodle hazenhoodle yeah he's german that's an awesome name yeah I, that's just an awesome name <laughs> ralph hazenhoodle uh with no 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 nothing to contribute in terms of bets just asking about that. yeah uh, he's done a really good, like he's done a good job there. They're just kind of a mid-tier, middling club that hasn't really even been threatened with relegation lately, mm -hmm. and they're just kind of there sometimes. Um, but we have a full slate of baseball tonight. You have a couple of bets. It wouldn't be a Matt Tuesday without a homer pick. And your squad, the That's White right. Sox, they are throwing the keys to Little C's tonight. And I think you uh, you like one of his looks. I do. Uh, so I got it a plus 500 up here for his 10 plus strikeout number. It has already been bet down to like plus 350 on FanDuel. So if you like it, get a look at it. Uh, but Dylan Cease has been a strikeout machine all year. Uh, he had his first bad start of the year last uh, was early or late last week. I think it was Thursday against the Yankees. He went four innings, allowed six runs, and still struck out 11 batters. So that was 11 of his 12 outs were strikeouts. Uh, he, he's a strikeout machine. He's got insanely good stuff. The Royals are a very bad lineup. I think Cease has 11 strikeouts in two of his last three starts earlier in the year, had nine strikeouts against the Royals. Really the only thing I worry about is his mental, his issue has always been mental and, you know, kind of how, how he deals with adversity and bouncing back from walks and bad starts. If he's got the mental side of it today, I think he's going to absolutely mow through the Royals lineup in terms of strikeouts, 10 plus K's at plus 500. I think nine plus is now like plus 210. 
I took both of them myself. I really like him to rack up the strikeouts, especially in a day game here where lineups tend to be a little bit more lackadaisical, slow starting. Uh, if Dylan Cease can bounce back from the mental whatever issues that he always has after the bad start against the Yankees, I think he'll be just fine. I think he strikes out a ton of hitters. And then the Marlins, uh, minus, one point, minus one and a half. Uh, this was just a look at the pitching matchup. They have Cody Petit going on the mount on the mound today. He's more of an opener, but his last start he was stretched to four innings against Arizona. So I'd expect them to try and get a little bit more out of him today, similar to that four-ish, three-ish kind of innings. He's been really good all year. His ERA's right around half a run uh, through like 16, 17 innings so far this year. Uh, their offense, the Marlins, has also been pretty good as of late. They've got eight plus runs in three of their last five. The Nationals, on the other hand, have just been really bad. They're 12 and 25 on the year. They've scored two or fewer in, in four of their last five. Jonah Down on the mound for them today has been absolutely terrible. He's got an ERA of over seven uh, on the road. His ERA is eight and a half. So I, I'm I, I know the the numbers say don't take home teams minus one and a half, but in this scenario, plus 128. The, the first half line for the Marlins was like minus 150, so no value there. At plus one twenty eight with the pitching matchup and how these teams are hitting, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice with the Marlins there at the plus one twenty eight. Sorry, Patrick McCann says Steve Cohen versus Stephen Matt's grudge game in Queens today, uh, which I give me Cohen. All right. Well, I mean that seems to be a pretty good bet, yeah. uh, and so it would seem as if you think that Dylan is gonna tell the Royals lineup to cease and desist as well. Yeah. Then, so those the, those are the two the two jokes you had on the there. Two bad I, jokes I was gonna make as that. a my 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 past job my past work life was a was a graphics guy for NBC Sports Chicago. So I was the one putting up the graphics on White Sox post game pregame a lot. I, I used the cease and desist or ceasing the competition ceasing the day like so the, dylan cease has a great name for puns let's he just does. say that. it's a very funny <laughs> he name. used all of those every one in the book uh the cease and desist one i wish was an original but spencer strider who's a pitcher for the braves has a magnificent mustache and claims that he was the one who invented it and that he was going to send dylan Cease a cease and desist uh letter which is where i got it dylan cease does have an epic mustache he, he does uh he's a good pitcher too uh, all right. So the last thing I wanted to get into today is the French Open is starting next week. And if you haven't been following women's tennis at all, like well, we have to do some women's tennis, too, because Noobs isn't here and someone's got to do women's tennis. Do you want me to take it like I did last time <laughs> when, he, when he backed out of the stream uh, and just read his well, next word for word on the graphic? Can you pronounce the name? Iga Schwiatek. Iga Schwiatek. Close yeah, enough. Okay, I was close uh, enough. Andy called her Iga on the the pod. That's uh, I probably heard it from Andy. So whenever I do anything wrong on this stream, just assume it's Andy's fault. Andy. That's Andy's usually fault. the case. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah. So uh, Iga Shviantek has been an absolute truck in women's tennis. She's won twenty seven consecutive matches, and I think she's only lost like one set in that That's period of time. She's like the dominant clay court player in the world, and Isn't so. She like to win the French too. She's I'm not even a tennis guy. At, but. Uh, FanDuel, I no, I think it was FanDuel. I think FanDuel finally put up the odds. She's plus 105 there, but she's pretty much even money everywhere else. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I, I tweeted at Noops and I tweeted at uh, Drew Wellcapper the other night, and I was like, "What's the best way to bet Iga and the French Open?" And Drew said, "Anyway," which was helpful. And and Noops said, "Parlay her with all of your bets this week." So. Me being the gigantic donkey that I am, uh, I went ahead and I did that. And so Drew said last night on the deep dive that he would make uh, uh, Iga Shviantek minus 400 against the next best player in the field. 
at the French Open. So it, it, I, there, there's no such thing as a complete free roll in sports, but this one feels like at least the most dominant situation that you're going to get, like Nadal and his heyday at the French Open. So I threw together some parlays. Uh, I'm just a Hideki Matsuyama fan. I think that, you know, I, I've, I've heard read that this course sets up well for him. Southern Hills, like the way that they've redone the course kind of sets up a little Augusta-ish. Yeah. They've redone the green complexes so that instead of everything funneling towards the hole, everything kind of funnels away from it. So this is, I mean, it's a major, so you would think ball striking is going to be at a premium. He's one of the great ball strikers in the world. And with Hideki, it's always about putting. And I know TPC Craig Ranch was a joke of a course, but he put well there, which hopefully just means that it's going to carry over. He's going to have some confidence with the flat stick there. Uh, but play it with anything. Any any outright that you're going to take, do it. Like if you think Scotty Scheffler, who loves this course, won the Big 12 championship here in 2015 or something like that, like guy's been the best golfer in the world all year. He's plus 1,100, plus 1,200 most places. You can – get like that that would basically double the parlay odds there if you like rory if you like sweet whoever you like you can throw it out there i just like hideki and i like the longer odds so i played that one at plus 5700 and then i went to two that are more in my bag here a french open a formula one championship not race the formula one drivers championship and then a couple of college football plays uh max verstappen is even though he's in second place right now in the drivers championship when he's been on the track this year, he's won every race. He's he's had two DNFs this year, but as long as his car holds up, he's going to win most of the races. And Charles Leclerc is having a great year, but I think the Red Bull car is a little bit better right now, and I trust that team more than I trust Ferrari. Ferrari is kind of like the New York Yankees of F1, the, the historic brand of the sport, but it's been a while since they've been the dominant force. Red Bull's got a little bit more experience in this. Obviously, Verstappen won the title last year, so I would give him the edge over Leclerc there. And, and there's less variance to me there than one race at a time. And then college football, Alabama's the favorite. They're, they're going to be the best team in the country. Their defense is going to be absolutely insane this year. Bryce Young is back. They're going to be a little bit more balanced on offense than they were last year. They're going to have to work in some new guys at receiver, but that it's Alabama. It'll be fine. Be so fine. You, you can get that parlay at plus 900, or I throw Ohio State in there at a little bit longer odds because – I think that Ohio State is the only team that I think that might be able to beat Alabama in the national championship. Georgia's going to be good again, but Georgia's lost so many guys that this is going to probably be a retooling year. Wouldn't expect them to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. And the Clemson's defense might be not quite as good as Georgia's was this past year, but Clemson's going to have an awesome defense. But I don't trust DJ Uyunglele to to make this the jump from a guy who was pretty mediocre to bad last year to a guy who's going to help them win and compete for a national championship. So for me, it's Ohio State. The offense is going to be great. Yes, they lost the tenth, you know, a team that lost the tenth and eleventh pick in the draft at wide receiver still has some pretty good players. Jackson Smith and Jigba is awesome. Marvin Harrison Jr. is awesome. Travion Henderson had an awesome year and uh, saying the word awesome a lot. I need to stop that. And okay. I, think the, I think maybe the biggest coaching hire in all of college football this offseason was Ohio state poaching Jim Knoll to be the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma state. That Oklahoma state defense was nasty. And for Ohio State, the offense was good all year. They just got smacked, or their defense got smacked around against Oregon. They got smacked around against Michigan. 
and they get Michigan at home this year. With all due respect to Matt's fighting Irish, tough to expect Notre Dame to go into Columbus and win in week one. They It'll be Wisconsin. tough for Ohio State to run the table after losing that week one matchup. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. They got Wisconsin and Iowa at home this year. Their toughest road games are Michigan State, which, I mean, even though Michigan State's probably going to take a step back, like they always Michigan give Ohio State, State problems it's, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, it's for whatever reason. And we, then, except last year, but well, yeah. And Penn State's a tough place to win. So I just think that Ohio State, if their defense makes any kind of leap forward, I think they're going to be in the playoff. And I think that they have the firepower to contend with Alabama. I think Alabama's going to win the national title, but I just didn't want one parlay on Alabama. I went with the only other team that I really felt confident in having the chance to win the national championship. And I accidentally removed you from the room when I didn't mean to do that. So there you go. My internet wasn't messing up. (laughs) Patrick McCann says, got to throw Terps men's lacrosse in there. I looked for that in a few places, but none of the places where I I bet allowed me to do that. I really wanted to, because apparently uh, Maryland's men's lacrosse team is also quite the wagon this year. Dan, that parlay just made me want college football season to get here that much more. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like doing some of the research for my Heisman vignettes that I've been doing and like thinking about this parlay really has has my juices flowing for it. I'm going to start doing some prep work on college football uh, for the fall and NFL is going to be here soon enough. Like Andy and Drew talked some uh, NFL last night at the end of the deep dive and we're we're getting close, man. It's the I love how early we get into those training, the like the going through the the two two teams a show like it just. It's football content starting in July, and it's just awesome because that's what I need. That's what I need to look forward to, and it's it's so awesome to have it when they start doing that, and it's just really easy for the deep dive. It's We're talking about the Chargers and the Chiefs today. Next next show is the Raiders and the, the Broncos. So it just, I love it so much. 100%. Well, we want to thank our fa- our sponsors, FanDuel. We want to thank Profit Exchange. We want to thank PropSwap. All of our sponsors, go and check them out. Follow Matt on Twitter, mrooney23. I'm producer Dan. If you're a, if you're looking to bet the PGA, PropSwap has some pretty good tickets on there. I've gotten a couple. I bought a couple. I think I bought a Scotty Scheffler about a month ago. I think I bought a Harold Varner that had some pretty good odds. Like uh, there, There's some, some decent PGA looks over there. So if you're looking to get a PGA ticket, don't like any of the prices on FanDuel or, or DraftKings or Caesars, wherever, I would head over to PropSwap, and that's a, that's a nice place to try and find some value on those. There you go. And I think our FanDuel, our FanDuel BetSports golf offer is still live, where if you go and sign yep. up, if you go and Thursday. sign up and place a bet at FanDuel, send us, we'll get a receipt from it and you'll get a free subscription to BetSports golf, which we're selling for uh, $99.99 right now. So go place a $100 bet on the PGA Championship. It's a risk-free bet yep. with FanDuel. So if, if it loses, you get $100 in site credit and a subscription to BetSports Golf, where you can then start making better, make you a better golf better if you, if you, if you haven't you, bet golf before. Yeah, if you haven't seen the, the success those guys are having, two weeks ago they gave out Homa at 50 to 1. That hit. And then even bigger, Ron gave out uh, Munoz, first round leader, at 80 to 1 last week. So back to back weeks, BetSports Golf has cashed a 50 to 1 and an 80 to 1 winner. Um, Maybe doesn't keep keep up hitting hitting those all the time, but those guys are having a very good year and they're they're giving out some some really good looks. And Noonan's uh, ROI has been awesome this year, and Andy is the king of matchups. So Betsports Golf uh, is great, and in fact, there's still a show probably going on over there or close yep. to wrapping up with Andy uh, Noonan and Jeff Feinberg. So go check that out. DFS one later today than two, right? The DFS show is also later this afternoon. Uh, Ryan Noonan interviewed Paige Sporanic yesterday. It was a really fun 30-minute interview uh, worth checking out. So go check everything out over on our 
uh, YouTube page. Follow Matt on Twitter, mrooney23. I'm producer Dan, really Dan Weiner on Twitter. Uh, Andy and Noops will be back tomorrow with more PGA, more NBA, and who knows what else they will have for you. They will see you tomorrow.